Welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, CEO of the Executive Connection. We connect leaders with a trusted network of people who help them succeed. My guest today is Dr. Neryl East, a leading author, keynote speaker, and an expert in communication and credibility. Neryl is a trusted advisor and friend to many leaders across sectors in Australia, is a published author and an Amazon best-selling author, and we're so excited to talk to Neryl today about leadership and building trust in challenging times. Neryl, welcome to Tech Live. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and hello, everybody. Great to have you here. We'll get to your background in a minute. Sure. And you've had me at trusted advisor and friend, so so we've got to dig into that. But before we do, tell me about your work on trust in leadership and what building credibility as a leader and trust really means. It's very interesting, Steph. Over the years, I mean, I started life as a journalist, and so yeah. you're kind of delving in the other side of trust. That's where, where the doctor comes from, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. I have a PhD in journalism, mm. just a handful of us in Australia, actually. But then I crossed to the dark side into corporate communication, spent a lot of time in different types of businesses and organisations. And it was very apparent that so many leaders completely floundered under pressure and weren't able to get their message across in a way that built credibility and trusting relationships. And of course, fast forward to now with everything that we've been through over the last few years, and I've been looking at the latest trends and data, and there's never been a more important time for leaders to step up with credibility. Teams are relying on leaders in workplaces like never before. Mm. So it's fascinating to see. And so that's where my work has taken me, looking at putting all of this together, how can leaders not just help their teams survive, but really take them forward uh, through 2023 and beyond? So as a leader, the thing that always comes up is communication. Yes. And and I know I've fallen into the trap of, but I told you that, or, or it's in the newsletter, or you already know that, or I'm sure you read it, I sent you a mm. pack on that. What is it about communication that is so difficult for smart people who somehow have got to a position of leadership, but there's something that makes that always a challenge? You're so right, and that's certainly my experience over the years working with leaders in many different types of organisations. In in my experience, many leaders treat communication as a as a pushing out mechanism. And often when I speak, I've got this wonderful slide of a woman at a gym. She's covered in tattoos and she's pushing these heavy weights across the floor of the gym on one of those machines. Right. And, you know, I use that to kind of illustrate that that's how many leaders treat communication. I've got something you need to hear and I'm pushing it at you, whether it's yeah. in a meeting, through an email, however it is. Yes. But of course... And sometimes well. Yeah. And with good intentions. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. But communication hasn't truly taken place until the other person has has received, understood, believed and acted on the message. That's a lot of gates to go through. Yes. And so, you know, clicking send on an email isn't communicating. That's going through a technical process. Or telling someone and saying, make sure you tell everyone. That's right. That's Mm. right. And look, it's easier said than done, isn't Mm. it? In, you know, very busy times, very stressed 
sometimes leaders are doing their best. We understand that. But it's that assumption, that great George Bernard Shaw quote, you know, the biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it's taken place. Right. So it's always checking back in and making sure that did I really do everything I could to give that person or those people the opportunity to truly receive, understand, believe and act on the message? Sometimes people just don't want to receive it and that's a different conversation. But it can't just stop at clicking send on the email or making the big announcement and walking away. Going through my head while you're talking, Meryl, is a a model of communication from way back in my clinical days. And it was about the sender, the receiver, and in the middle was noise. And that's the bit that probably is even louder now than ever, the noise in the environment. And I mean figuratively, not literally, but there's so much coming at the receiver, that that whatever message the leader thinks they're sending out, there's stuff that's getting in the way before it even gets near their teams. It's so true. And, you know, we're in the age of infobesity. Yeah. Oh, nice. And so more information isn't the key. And often when I speak to leaders, they kind of groan, maybe inwardly, sometimes outwardly, and say, (laughs) you know, what I've got to, you know, put even more out there. It's not so much the volume, it's the approach, it's the the elegance, it's the humanness Mm. combined with the credibility. That's the secret source. That's the key to truly getting people to sit up and take notice and then believe and act on your message. It's not simply more of the same. Why is it more important now than ever? Well, our experience of the last few years, and I don't need to you know, go into describing that, but the, you know, teams all over the world, all over Australia, are suffering. All the, all the data is telling us people are feeling adrift. We know mental health uh, statistics in workplaces soaring. We know that uh, employees have different expectations than they did in 2019 about a work, what a workplace should look like. Yeah. We are competing as organisations with the idea of work. It's not just pay and conditions that keep employees. Uh, people are re-evaluating. Do mm. I want to work? Mm. How much do I want to work? Where do I want to work? Mm. And, and the non-negotiables have completely changed. Mm. We know that trust in all forms of media, all levels of government, probably yeah. not so much a surprise yeah. listeners, have never been lower. Yes. And But the institution, this is research from Edelman, that's the most trusted is my employer. Isn't really? that interesting? People don't know who to trust. Our, our boundaries and borders have shrunk around us because yeah. of what's happened. Yeah. And so we are looking to our employers as a trusted voice and a trusted source of information, not just on workplace information. And when I say yeah. that to leaders, they look back at me and say, oh, I didn't sign up for that. How do I become that trusted voice? But there's also a great opportunity. There's responsibility. I was going to say the responsibility. Yeah, but what a great opportunity for leaders to truly step into their greatness and really be able to make an impact at this critical time in history. And I believe that clear, credible communication holds the key to whether people stay or go in many organisations. It's not the only factor, but it's a very important factor. And it's something that a leader can control. You can't control world events. Would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. We can't wave a magic wand and make some of this fear and uncertainty that's pervading everything disappear. But we can absolutely control the words we speak, the way we interact with people every minute, every day with our teams. And that's the space I believe leaders need to be focusing on now because that's what's really going to count. 
I really like how you said then that it's an opportunity. Yes. That leadership has evolved and grown to be so much more than um, applying resources and getting a job done. Yes. And so with that opportunity comes a great responsibility from what you're saying. So if a leader is really diving into this and embracing this opportunity, what are some of the key elements of credible, trustworthy communication? Sure. And there are a number of them. One of the keys is making sure that you've got the balance that's essential for credibility, which is the balance between strength and warmth. Competence and character, as Stephen M. R. Covey described right. in his amazing book, *The Speed of Trust*. Uh, other writers have called it strength and warmth. What say competence and character? Character. So competence, mm. obviously, knowing your stuff, knowing what you're doing, mm. but being known for knowing what you're doing. It's not enough just to quietly mm. know what you're doing. A leader needs to be known mm. for that. And the reality is, many leaders, and sometimes this is weighted by gender a little bit under-signal their competence. You know, they downplay because they don't want to come across as arrogant, braggadocious, all of those things. But people need to know that you know what you're doing. They don't know who to trust. Mm -hmm. There's all this turmoil around them. They need to know that their leader's got their act together. So that's one side, but it is a balance. The other side is warmth, the character side. So Covey uh, uses character to include your integrity and personal yes. values, of course. Authenticity. Yes, but relatability as well, your humanness, mm. your ability to connect, build rapport, make people feel safe. And so that is a balance. When you think about it, you know, some leaders are weighted a lot towards mm. the competence, stroll mm. side. It's all about the data, all about the facts, less about the people. Now, those leaders can come across as, you know, what I like to call dry disseminators. <laughs> uh, you know, people will listen to them for a while, but probably not for very long. Yeah. And they risk coming across as aloof, even arrogant, arrogant. dry, mm. all of those things. But if you waited too much on the other side, mm. all soft and connection, the nicest person in the room, but, you know, a like lightweight, mm. not really somebody to be taken seriously at mm. a time when our world is, you know, in, in a very uncertain mm. position. So I encourage leaders, uh, f- to answer your question, to check in with themselves mm. realistically, uh, you know, look in the mirror honestly, get honest feedback. How are you with that balance? Now, there'll be times you need to be more strong than warmth. So there's a right for the moment leadership, isn't yes, there? Yes, but I think overall, yes. you know, in, in the in the biggest scheme of things, there does need to be that balance. And I encourage everyone listening to think about a leader who you consider to be very credible. Mm. And uh, I will wager that when you really consider them, they will have that balance, Yeah, that, that balance of strength and warmth. And you can do that check-in as well. And it is like a bit of a lever, you know, you can mm. you can actively build up um, without changing who you are, but mm. you can actively add skills to one side of the balance or the other mm. to make sure that you've got that full range in your repertoire. Mm. That's a that's a great starting point. There's many other elements that come into credible leadership, but that's a key one. And I think if you work on that, many other things start to fall into place. So when I'm hearing the the tension or the balance between credibility and warmth, I'm not hearing you say that to be to be a trustworthy um, leader in these times, you need to be um, a great speaker. 
being a great speaker helps, but it's one element. Well, that's right. I think that's part of that competence. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a, a leader... You have and, to make sense. Well, and one of the things that I, I write about is you you actually need to be an outstanding performer across all platforms. So being a great <sighs> speaker is fabulous, but then if you're, uh, you know, a bureaucratic writer, you yeah. write emails that just, you know, put people to sleep or... A or you just of, write, say, good or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, you're, you've got um, Zoom or Teams aversions yeah. that... You know, you've you've yeah. cut back on those types of meetings. If you've got teams working remotely and you're like, it's just too hard, I can't yeah. communicate that way, so I'm just going to do less of those. Yeah. You're really selling yourself short and you're not serving your teams. So I um, urge leaders to consider what I call platform dexterity. So mm. it doesn't mean you've got to be Winston Churchill quality speaker. Uh, be a good speaker, but, but focus on building up the areas that you're less comfortable in. Now, that held true before the pandemic. You know, mm. some people hit behind their keyboards mm. rather than picking up the phone. But now with hybrid working conditions, there mm. are so many different ways that we're working. You can't just focus on using the, the communication channels that you feel comfortable yeah. about. Yeah. You've really got to take yourself out there and get good across multiple platforms. So being a good speaker helps to answer your question, but it's the starting point focus on the things you're not so good at and, and work on them. How can leaders get better at this? These are all learned skills, Steph. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been working in this space for a very long time and in my experience, very few people just arrive in the world as amazing communicators. Yes. Look, there are some who are like that. Most people learn it along the way. Mm. And look, even as people get more and more senior, and this is funny for me, when I started working with really senior leaders, I used to think many years ago, once you got to those lofty positions, all of your self-doubt and self-questioning <laughs> just <laughs> melted away and you were just able to deliver. Oh, if only. Exactly. Yeah. You know, of course, what I learned is the higher you rise, the more the self-doubt, a fear of failure is challenge. screaming in your head. Yeah. Stakes are higher, all, all of those things. So the really great leaders in my experience are the ones who are coachable, are willing to learn. Uh, again, I've been working in the communication space for years. Mm. I learn something new every day. Yeah. Learn it from my clients. There's always something changing. So the really great leaders are open to that. They're coachable. And especially they're willing to work on the things that they don't feel comfortable about. Mm. Often they're the things we avoid naturally. Yeah. We yeah. focus on the things we shine at. Yeah. Um, but work on the things that you're not so good at and become an all-rounder. Then you'll be unstoppable. You'll be the sort of leader who is this trusted beacon, which teams are, are desperate for right mm. now. Mm, really interesting. So let's hear some examples. Um, I'm sure you can't name people specifically, but I would love to hear some examples of where you've seen leaders really step up and into this kind of credible, warm leadership at a time when it really matters. Absolutely. So one example that comes to mind, and I won't name the individual, but it was a very public piece of communication yeah. and it was delivering some particularly difficult news. It was mm -hmm. going to be something that was quite shocking when it hit the, the public arena. And uh, this particular leader was able to deliver that message in a way that was so credible and authentic. And what was amazing, well, it wasn't really amazing because they were incredible to work with and I could see that they were so coachable, they worked yeah. on their skills. So it wasn't such a surprise, but it was heartening to see that even 
public comments about that leader's performance were so positive, mm. even though the message was so negative. Yeah. So that reinforced to me, if ever I doubted it, that it is entirely possible to deliver the worst news yeah. to your team, yeah. but do it with credibility, authenticity and humanity. And some of the things that, that contributed to that and things that we worked on, one was really focusing on your audience mm-hmm. and you know, that's a hallmark of good communication. It's always about them, not yeah. about you. Yeah. In this case, it was a message that had multiple tiers of audiences. Yeah. There were many people going to be listening yeah. to this message. But uh, we talked about who was the primary audience. And there was one particular type of person mm. who this leader really wanted to land the message with. And that's where we started our work. And so we practiced having a conversation, imagining a person like that, really yeah. imagining the individual. Yeah. And if, you know, this is resonating with with uh, anyone listening, you know, get draw a picture or find a picture of somebody like that person yeah. and practice having a conversation with them. And just a conversation at this point. Absolutely. What, what is it you'd want to say to them? Exactly. Because what was happening prior to that, this person uh, was quite bureaucratic and formal in their delivery, which is the competence side of the equation, but there was no warmth there. So now start thinking about the person and something remarkable happened. It was subtle, but I could certainly see it over time. The delivery became much warmer the choice of words was different yeah. because now we weren't going for the bureaucratic being fancy words. Yes. We were just going for everyday language. The body language changed. Even in this case, we did some practice with camera work because that mm. was going to be required. The eye contact changed. There was a kind of softness starting mm. to come through in the eyes. Very subtle, subconscious, made a huge difference to delivery. So that's one and for people listening. So really think about your audience. And if you're communicating with a large staff population, still think about one person, a friendly person, (laughs) and imagine you're communicating with them. I mean, marketers know this. I mean, some of the big brands, they don't market to everybody. They have their avatars and they personas. They, you know, craft their message because they know that their message becomes more magnetic to everyone, the clearer they get messaging directly to their target. It's very interesting. So I'm I'm picturing you kind of like in the movies <laughs> that you're doing practice and practice and no, do it again. Is that right that you, you kind of kept working at it? Look, sometimes I do do that with leaders and I just want to stress that, and I say this to everybody, if you've got a high stakes piece of communication, you need to prepare and you need to rehearse and you need to do it out loud, even if it's a conversation. I'm not just talking about presentations, but the rehearsal is not so you become robotic, Mm. mechanical. Mm. The rehearsal is so you embody your message so your physiology yeah. uh, knows your message so well that you can just be yourself in the moment. The message may come out in different words on the day, but that's okay. You're not then frantically searching for the right message mm. when you're in the uh, yeah. you know in the spotlight yeah. under pressure. Yeah. So definitely rehearse, even if that means you know sitting in your car for mm. for ten minutes before a crucial meeting or yeah. a really important conversation. Just have the practice out loud. Say it out loud two or three mm. times, not more than that. Mm. The case I'm citing was a little more high stakes. Yes. Added, so we went further. And but television cameras, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, but yeah. again, it was not to be, we were, we're not striving for perfection. Yeah. We were striving for that leader to be able to be themselves. And that's the other important point. 
a key to performing with credibility in high pressure situations. And for all leaders listening, yeah. you know, you're experiencing high pressure situations every day because yes. of the world we're in, is managing your personal state. Mm. And what I mean by that is, as I said before, I thought that really senior leaders had it all together. Yeah. They have the same self-doubts as the rest of us, myself definitely included. But the really outstanding communicators can put that aside just for the time required mm. to have that important conversation mm. or you know, report to that significant board meeting or do the media mm. interview or whatever it is. So whatever else is going on, what tools do you have at your disposal? Put that to one side yeah. so you can be 100% present for that 10 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour. Yeah. The problems will still be there when you yeah. finish. They'll still be waiting for you, but you're not bringing them in. What happens a lot of the time, leaders try to wing it, particularly conversations and meetings. Mm. Presentations you'd probably pre prepare mm. a little bit, but you know we wing it and we waffle, and that doesn't give the best, most credible results. Yes. But it's whatever it is, and that for you, that might be doing breathing exercises, it might be doing visualisation. There are a number of things when I work with leaders we, we go into to help manage their personal state. And I said to this particular leader that we're talking about, your effectiveness on the day is going to hinge on your ability to manage your personal state in the moment. And they completely took that on board and that's what they practised and that showed on the day. This is so complex and so simple yes. at the same time. And I'm really excited to actually go more deeply and not now but to make available your white paper on this because sure. I think that it, it – has so many more specific tactics um, and the theory and the practice are really inherent in, in what I've read, which I think is going to be very interesting. Yeah, thank you. So but, I wanted to give leaders something practical. Well, and I think it's great. And I think it's so important that leaders realise that you're not alone either, that this is a skill set that's a, a discipline of learning. And it's been so interesting just to hear some of the elements of that today. So we've heard about credibility and warmth, managing both at the same time. And I love that bit about managing your personal state when you have a high stakes communication um, in front of you, be it short, medium or a long piece of, of communication that as a leader you need to embrace. And I think it fits in beautifully with the people who listen to Tech Live that it's all about continual learning and that this is a, a part of leadership and what we've learned from you today, Neryl, that this is a part that can make a really important difference in tricky times. So I've mentioned the white paper that Neryl has put together and we'll make that available for you. We'll show you, just follow the steps and we'll show you how you can download that. That's been such a powerful conversation for me. Neralise, thank you so much for joining us on Tech Live. Thank you, wonderful to be here. Thank you, everybody. So that's Tech Live for today. CEOs are in the business of making decisions and leadership is the art of execution. I'm Stephanie Christopher and look forward to talking to you next time.